it's pretty crazy out there right now, isn't it? Uh, no, no doubt uh, all of us are coming to terms with a reality that feels totally different from things that we've experienced, things that we've seen right now. But it's not just that the physical reality has changed, but the emotional landscape which we are living in probably feels very different right now. Um, for some of us, it probably feels like the world has shrunk right down, that we're in this space where we maybe feel a little bit isolated, we feel a bit pent up, we feel a bit frustrated, maybe you even feel a little bit lonely right now. For others, um, it might be that we're living with some sense of anxiety, some sense of fear, fear about health, fear about finances, fear about the world around us, for ourselves or even for, for loved ones who might be near or they may even be further afield. And I guess for others still, if you've got young kids particularly, now might feel busier, crazier, noisier than any other time in your life. And it wouldn't surprise me as if like me, you go through all of those emotions, probably on a minute by minute basis. But the question that I've been trying to ask myself this week and uh, over the last weeks is this, is, is this a time right now where we just survive? Is this about pulling up the bed sheets, weathering the storm and coming out when it gets better again? Or is there maybe something different going on right now? Is there maybe something better? Could it actually be, not that God is the creator of the coronavirus, but could it be that God wants to work through the coronavirus, through this time, this moment? And the more that I've read, the more that I've prayed, the more that I've uh, tried to listen to great prophetic voices that we know and trust in the world, the more I've actually become quite excited. Uh, excited not that I'm stuck inside all the time, but excited that I think God wants to do something in us and through us now, which is going to take us to a totally new and better reality as the people of God on this planet. And I'm really excited for that. And so I want to talk this morning about how we live with the coronavirus with hope in a good way. And uh, we're going to do that in a kind of slightly, slightly quick roundabout way um, by continuing our series on uh, the world, the flesh, uh, and the devil. So way back when, before uh, there was uh, ever coronavirus in our lands, when it was just something that happened on the news far away, uh, when we could go to Ralph's supermarket without a hazmat suit on, uh, when we could drive down the 210 freeway, or at least we could sit in the parking lot of the 210 freeway, before it became a really good place for social isolation space. Uh, back then, we thought about this Lent period, this run-up to Easter, and we thought about how we could think about the themes of wilderness, but also how we could think through wilderness about the theme of, of overcoming. On one side, we have God's goodness and his love and his call to love the world and love each other and love God and purity and fantastic things. And then on the other side, we have this kind of like brokenness that holds us back, the th something inside that feels like a bit uh, broken and not good. And I want to talk today about the next in the line of those things, which is about the world. Uh, that strange word that what the Bible uses to talk about the things not just inside us, but on a very bigger level, the two different kingdoms um, of God. And so we're going to have our reading. And again, if the technology works well, we're going to cut, cut over to uh, Victor, uh, who's one of our community. And uh, he's going to do our reading from Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Thanks, Victor. 
So throughout the New Testament, and particularly in the writings of Paul and in Jesus, they speak over and over again about this idea that in the world there are two different kingdoms going on all the time. That on one side we have a kingdom of God, a kingdom which is full of light, a kingdom which is full of healing, a kingdom which is full of love, a kingdom which is advancing, a kingdom which is growing, a kingdom which will one day move us into an eternal story. But also on the other side of that, there is another kingdom, a kingdom which Paul and Jesus called the cosmos kingdom or the kingdom of the world. And in that kingdom, there is brokenness. It happens on a human level, but it also even happens on a structural level. Coronavirus is part of this kingdom. It's a kingdom which is very upside down and it's opposite from the kingdom of God. Paul says in verse chapter two of the reading that Victor just gave us, do not he said, be conformed to the pattern of this world. And the word is cosmos. Now, sometimes when uh, Paul and Jesus use the word cosmos, they actually mean, you know, the, the physical world. In Romans chapter one, we read about God who creates the cosmos, the stars, the planets. Sometimes when Paul and Jesus use it, they mean actually the humanity. Jesus says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the cosmos. Again, it's like a world about humanity, but more often than not, when Jesus and Paul speak about it, they're actually talking about this competing kingdom, a broken kingdom, a fallen kingdom to the kingdom of God. Uh, John Mark Comer, he is a man with a brain the size of France uh, and a great friend of vintages. He says uh, this about the kingdom of the cosmos or the kingdom of the world. The world is a system of ideas, of values, practices and social norms that are institutionalized in a culture, that they're organized around the twin sins of rebellion against God and the redefinition of good and evil. I realize that's pretty complicated. But what John Mark Comer and others say is simply this, is that we, when we become Christians, are invited to live into God's story. As my friend Ash says, we may be residents of LA or residents of England or residents of wherever we physically stand, but we aren't no longer citizens of that place. In fact, what we are is citizens of God's kingdom, citizens of heaven. And as such, the idea that Paul and Jesus talk about is that our mindset, our behavior, the way that we live, everything about who we are is supposed to be governed not by the physical space, not by the physical world in which we live, but it's supposed to be governed by a better story, an eternal story, a God that is working out his good and perfect plans all the time. Now, that doesn't mean, I think, that everything that we call Christian is necessarily in the perfect category and everything that we don't call Christian is in like a different category, but it is to say that there are two kingdoms which are not necessarily really close together, but there are two different power where we're supposed to be in charge, where we're supposed to have it all together, where we're supposed to know all the answers and get as wealthy or as powerful as whatever we can. But Jesus says, in the kingdom of heaven, the meek shall inherit the kingdom. Well, we talk about money in the kingdom of the world. It's about how much money I can get and how much good life I can live in the kingdom of heaven. It's about how we can care for the lost and lonely and the least. That the two kingdoms are radically different. Now, at different times in history, uh, Christians have tried to live in these two stories, like keep these stories apart by doing different things. In the early centuries after Jesus, uh, people literally thought, oh man, that worldly stuff is so bad. We're going to go and literally live in the desert over here. And they had the desert fathers. At other times in history, people have run for monasteries. They've uh, gone far away from human civilization. But interestingly, Paul doesn't speak about running. Paul doesn't speak about living in a different physical space. He talks about living in a different spiritual space. 
But over the last hundred years, I think these two realities have become harder and harder to distinguish. You know, even 80 years ago when my grandfather became a Christian, uh, he didn't grow up in a Christian family, but when he came uh, to faith, uh, the church that he was part of said, okay, now you're a Christian. What you need to do now is give up loads of these nasty worldly things. So he had to give up jazz music and he had to give up um, playing cards and some really strange stuff. But even since that reality, more and more and more, it feels like in this kind of postmodern space, like either we found ourselves far, far from one another, shouting, polarized, opposite, angry, and the world and the church can seem like two spaces that don't get on, or increasingly in a postmodern environment, what we find is that we as Christians get just kind of more and more like caught up, like the, the spiritual dimensions, the physical dimensions that we're in all just become mashed into one until the faith in Jesus is almost like just a system of beliefs with other, within otherwise living our best life. Now, that all sounds pretty heavy, right? That sounds difficult. And you might be going, Ben, what on earth are you speaking about? This is supposed to be about hope in the coronavirus. What on earth has that got to do with anything? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, is that I believe in this moment, God wants to pull apart those realities a little bit different. That instead, he doesn't want us to be conformed. And the word conformed is a word which is actually a very passive word. It's not something we choose. It's a word that is things that are done to us. That what God wants to do in this moment is to pull us apart so that we are no longer conformed in this moment, but actually we want to allow God's voice in. But it's hard not to be conformed in a reality, isn't it? Um, at the beginning of last year, before uh, Laura and I moved to LA, some friends of ours said, hey, hey, Ben, you should set up a YouTube channel. Now, I thought what they meant was, oh, Ben, you're so cool. You're going to be like the next great vlogger on the internet. It's going to be really brilliant. We'd love to watch all the cool things that you get up into LA. Um, what I realized they actually wanted to do is that they wanted to chart the demise of our kids' accents. They wanted to watch those accents change from Mary Poppins to Disney. And uh, sure enough, over the course of last year, little by little, as my kids spent more and more time with friends at school, as they hung out at church and did all that kind of stuff, their accents just started to change and change and change and change. But over the last few weeks, as uh, the schools got shut down, actually coincided with some family coming out from the United Kingdom, um, suddenly my kids were locked back with a bunch of slightly posh British people in a house. And it was really interesting watching that their accents have gone back from Disney back to Mary. Poppins for a little bit. Now, at no point, I think, did our kids ever go, hey, this is who we want to be. But the point is that our kids are being conformed all the time by the reality in which they live. And it's true for all of us on every level of our lives, isn't it? When I was a student at university, the biggest show in the, in the world at that point, I think, was Friends. Like a whole bunch of us used to like run back from our lectures. It was like the final series of Friends, I remember, my first year of university. And we'd, we'd like all pile into someone's tiny bedroom, watch this TV screen, which nowadays would be seen embarrassingly smaller than an iPad. And we'd all peer around the screen and watch Friends. Now, we loved Friends. It was funny. It was lighthearted. It wasn't serious. It was kind of silly. There was lots of really good things about friendship in it. And I don't think anyone at that time would have gone, hey, this is a really bad idea. You shouldn't watch Friends. But it's interesting that as I've thought about the years that went after university and my generation, my culture, this kind of strange mix of Generation X and Millennialism or whatever it is, it's like, interestingly, our views about marriage, our views around sex, our views around relationships for good and for bad have been totally impacted by shows like 
friends. Now, I think if someone had said at the time, hey, Ben, by the way, do you want the view of Ross Geller to determine how you feel about the family unit? We'd have all gone, absolutely no, that sounds a disaster. But as Paul says, it's so easy for us to be conformed. So how do we live in that reality? How do we come to terms with that? Well, Paul says that instead of being conformed by the world, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds by the Holy Spirit. And I believe in this moment, there is something very important that God wants to do to redeem us and to help us and to shape us. Because the truth is right now, whereas we may have been in this space where the world was exerting pressure on one side and God on the other side, and it was all a kind of big story and a mess in our minds and in our hearts, and we were struggling to come to terms with what it means. Guess what? Right now in the world today, the worldly structures are broken. The worldly structures are on their knees today. The worldly structures are falling apart and all around us, the world is going quiet. And what we're left with right now in this space is just us. It's just us. It's us with our thoughts, us on our own and us with God. Now, don't get me wrong. That might feel very hard right now. If you have been experiencing anxiety, if you've been experiencing stress, if you've been experiencing all sorts of things which are really difficult, then don't worry. I don't think you're on your own. Because the truth is we are so wired for the noise of the world. Um, A few years ago, a very famous radio station, one of the biggest radio stations in the world, had some technical difficulties. And it went off air a couple of times over a two-week period. And the radio station were apologetic and they went out and said, we're really sorry, we're back on air, it's all okay now. But they started to get letters and not just kind of like, oh, we understand what you're going through, but really cross, angry letters. And at first they couldn't figure out what was going on, but then they realized that for the last years, sometimes for decades, people had been listening to the radio station, not a few hours a day, but they'd been listening 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That in fact, that they had learned to live in a space where they couldn't deal without a certain degree of noise, of commentary. And when it went off, the deafening silence that people felt in their lives, they simply couldn't come to terms with. And do you know what? We maybe feel like that right now. We feel like we don't know how to deal because the noise of the world has disappeared around us. And I want to say, like, that is normal and that is okay. It may be that actually stuff's coming up in your heart that you're like, I don't even know where this came from. I haven't thought about this for the last decades. Where did this emotion suddenly come to? It may be that you're like, find yourself just amazing, like angry at times where you didn't understand why you feel angry, why you should feel angry. It may also be in this time that actually you need to go and find some help. And uh, we're very blessed here at Venture Pasadena that we have a whole team of of trained counselors who are working somewhere between free and on a discounted rate right now and who can meet virtually as well as in person who um, would love to help you. And if if you are in a space right now where you feel like this stuff is just overwhelming you, then I really want to encourage you to reach out to me and I'll happily put you in touch with one of those people. But for also for a lot of us, actually this right now Difficult, hard, awkward as it feels, is actually a very, very good place. As one person in my family who's got the coronavirus said recently, I know what, God has got my attention right now. And I believe passionately that what God wants to do in this space in us is that God wants to transform us that God wants to transform our minds, that God wants to speak to us, not so that we'll one day be able to go back to the normal reality, but actually that we'll be able to enter into a new space, a new time. But in that, we've got a choice to make. 
You know, the world right now is still shouting at us. Um, I saw one thing last week. It said, like, be a hero, binge on Netflix. Like, be a hero, binge on social media. Be a hero, watch the news. What I think God is saying, hey, that isn't how to be a hero. Now, I'm not saying it's totally wrong to watch Netflix right now. I'm not saying it's totally wrong to be on social media. I'm not saying it's totally wrong to watch the news. Of course, those things are good. But what if, like, what if in this space, instead of binging out on all of those kind of things, what if we went to God? Like, what if instead we went to spend some time in God's presence? What if we sat in silence for a bit? and ask God to speak? What if we opened our Bible? What if we took a walk with God? Because, hey, we can't take a walk with anyone else right now. What if we didn't just angrily demand that we carry on the life as it's always been? But what if we accepted that God may want to meet us in this space? And I appreciate it's hard. I appreciate that there's so much inside us, which when we're in that anxious place, it, there's, there's things which we just you know, want to do. We all have those kind of coping mechanisms. You know, like for some of us will be like, man, I, I, when I feel angsty, I just need some food. Some of us will be like, I need some alcohol. Some of us will be, I need some other substances. Some of us will go to the internet, to things we shouldn't look at. Some of us will just want to hide under covers. There are different things. But what if right now we took all those emotions, all that sense of brokenness, and we took it to God? and allowed God, as Paul says, to transform our minds, to embrace God in this moment and allow him to change us. Because I believe that as we do that, not only, Paul says, we'll be transformed in our minds, but also actually, as he says in verse two, then we will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and his pleasing and his perfect will. You see, I believe that God's going to do something through the church in this time and into the future, which will mean that the church is probably never going to be the same again. But if we embrace God right now, I think we're going to end up in a much better place. But to do that, we need to hear God's voice. I don't know if you've ever uh, felt like, man, I would love to hear what God has to say. I would love to know what God wants to say into my reality and my story. Well, here's the thing I've come to realize is that the people who hear God's voice know how to sit quietly. If you look at people like King David, who seem to have this incredible connection with God, a man after God's own heart, what does it say in the Bible about King David? He spent years sitting alone in a field with sheep. That's not my idea of fun. What do we know about Jesus? Is that every morning he rose and he spent time in silence with his father. What do we know about Paul? He spent years in a dark prison cell. Now, those aren't necessarily places we would choose to be, but in some ways, they're exactly the place that God has allowed us to be in right now. And what if right now we didn't run, but we chose to listen and sit and wait for God to do that? And as we'll do that, Paul says, we will know God's perfect and pleasing and good will. You know, in the first 300 years after Jesus came, there were two massive outbreaks of disease in the Roman Empire. Uh, Historians think it was probably uh, an early form of smallpox. And the rich, the non-Christians, they fled. They fled for the vineyards, which is kind of ironic in in California right now, I know. Uh, But they fled for the vineyards, leaving just the poor and the the, uh, helpless and those who couldn't afford to go and the Christians. And the Christians prayed and they listened and they worshiped. And out of that place of praying and listening and worship, what they did was set up hospitals. 
What they did was set up orphanages. What they did is set up schools, and they became the places of good news in their society. They became not just a peripheral sect, but they became the very building block on which society, God's kingdom, came. So much so that when the world kind of restarted physically up again, Christianity was at the heart of the Roman Empire. And I'm excited. You know, I've been on uh, conference calls this last week quite a lot with different pastors from across this area, particularly in Pasadena. And I've been so excited about the way that the different churches in Pasadena right now are hearing God's call to rise up and be part of the story. And I wondered what it would look like if we at Vintage Pasadena also rose up and became part of the story, not because we ought to, not because we think we should, but because we come out of that place of listening to God and we hear God speaking. And that's why we put a new page on our website. Um, It's a community care page. And uh, we're not going to have a centralized response where we're all going to meet because that would be a bad idea. But we've just put a load of different places where people have come to us at Vintage over the last week and said, hey, could you help with this? Could you give to this? Could you uh, be involved in delivering some stuff to this group of people? And as uh, they've come in, what we're going to do is we're just going to literally put them on that website and we're going to give them to you. Because I think this is a moment where out of that place of hearing God's voice, God may want to use us in a very powerful way. And so I hope that over this next week, you will push into God, difficult as it feels, hard as it might feel sometimes, that you'll actually really listen out to the voice of God, that you'll choose not just to kind of surround yourself by the worldly things, but you'll actually choose to allow yourself to sit in that place which might feel a bit vulnerable and a bit painful and a bit difficult, knowing that God can do something in you that could change you forever. And so I hope that you're up for that. And we pray as we uh, come to a time to respond together.